ending one of the largest strikes in Canadian history. We'll tell you what it took to end the strike and what this means for your immigration journey. Hello and welcome to My Consultant, your place for the latest in Canadian immigration news. In this week's episode, we're covering the most recent express entry draw. Next, the end of the federal worker strike, followed by Canada's need for foreign farmers. Stay with us as I briefly share Canada's initiative to increase francophone immigration. And Tina will break down Canada's immigration spikes. This week's episode of My Consultant is brought to you by Scotiabank. On 26th April, Canada conducted its 11th express entry draw of this year. This time, invitations were issued to 3,500 candidates with minimum comprehensive ranking system, that is CRS, score of 483. There was no program specified for this draw, which means candidates from Provincial Nominee Program, Federal Skilled Worker, Canadian Experience Class and Federal Skilled Trades were eligible for this round of invitations. This is the second draw in the month of April. The last express entry draw was held on April 12th, in which the same number of candidates were issued invitations to apply, with a minimum CRS score of 486. The CRS score has dropped by 3 points in the recent express entry draw. It seems the grass is getting greener for Canada's federal workers on strike. Ending the 12-day strike, the PSAC, the union representing the public service employees, has reached a tentative agreement with the federal government of Canada. Under the deal, the union secured a pensionable 2,500 lump sum payout that represents an additional 3.7% of the average PSAC member's income in Treasury Board bargaining units. The PSAC also won an additional fourth year of inflation protection. Furthermore, this includes improved provisions, for example, leave with pay for family-related responsibilities, as well as measures to further support employment equity, diversity, and inclusion, such as a new benefit for Indigenous employees who will now have access to paid leave to participate in traditional practices. These agreements address all key priorities put forward by the PSAC. This resolution brought over 155,000 public servants back to work this week on Monday on May 1st. This includes employees from Canada's Immigration Department, the IRCC, Immigration, Refugees and Citizenship Canada. The return to work has restored processing. Significant services that were suspended due to the strike such as passports, the processing of applications, citizenship ceremonies, and in-person appointments have all resumed, but delays should be expected. Keep in mind, 
35,000 members of the CRA, the Canada Revenue Agency, are still on strike across the nation as of May 1st, as negotiations resume with a new mandate from the CRA to reach a fair contract. Canada needs 30,000 immigrant farmers over the next 10 years to take over the existing farms operations or to start their own farms. According to a report published by RBC, Canadian agriculture industry is heading for a shortfall of operators and labourers, and those left are getting older. In 2001, Canada had 346,000 farmers with an average age of 50. However, in 2021, the number of farmers dropped by 262,000, while their average age rose to 56. By 2033, 40% of Canada's farm operators will retire, leading to one of the biggest labour and leadership transitions in Canadian history. To fill this gap, the RBC report recommends that Canada should update its immigration system to specifically bring farm-focused immigrants. Calling all francophones! In order to grow the French language in Canada, the Liberal government is developing a new policy on francophone immigration. Canada's official languages minister explains that it is an advantage for Canada to have a bilingual workforce and population. The languages minister shares the government also wants to recruit francophone teachers with hopes this ensures francophone minority communities have good access to French language education. She confirms the government recognizes that there is a labor force shortage when it comes to bilingual workers, and the policy aims to ensure that immigration efforts remain well-resourced into the future. The new francophone immigration policy is part of the five-year 2023-2028 action plan for the official languages. The Minister of Official Languages was quoted saying, I am proud to unveil the new action plan for official languages 2023-2028, a plan that reflects priorities and the vision of Canadians consulted over the past year. She continues explaining, It differs in its stronger commitment to reverse the decline of French and support our official language minority communities with more ambitious funding than ever. These historic investments will allow us to establish the conditions to ensure real equality of our two official languages in Canada. The action plan includes investments totaling more than $4.1 billion over the course of five years. This is the largest amount provided by a government in the area of languages. The investments specified are based on the following themes briefly as follows. 1. Accelerate the restoration of the demographic weight of francophones through francophone immigration. 2. Promote lifelong learning opportunities for our two official languages. 3. Support the vitality of official language minority communities. And 4. Build on positive government action to support communities. 
the government of Canada will work with provincial and territorial governments, including stakeholders, to implement the action plan. The number of immigrants in Canada has increased by 40% in the first two months of this year, showing a strong interest in immigration to the country. According to a recent data released by IRCC, in the month of January and February, over 100,000 new permanent residents came to the country, marking a new record. This number has risen significantly compared to the 2022 levels, when last year in the first two months, around 72,000 new permanent residents were settled in the country. So far this year, the smallest provinces in Canada are showing the biggest percentage growth in immigration. In Newfoundland and Labrador, immigration is up by 307.7% for the first two months of this year, compared to the same period last year. Elsewhere in Atlantic Canada, Prince Edward Island has seen immigration spike of 116.8%, New Brunswick 79.4% and Nova Scotia has welcomed 41.4% more newcomers so far this year compared to the first two months of last year. Immigration growth is also high in Manitoba, which welcomed 89.1% more new permanent residents so far this year compared to January and February last year. But Saskatchewan has beat that with a spike of 93.2% in new permanent residents over the same periods. British Columbia experienced an increase of 27.7%, while Ontario, which is the most populous city in the country, was up by 22.7%. Half of the Ontario's immigrants reached the country through economic programs, such as Ontario Immigrant Nominee Program, Canadian Experience Class, Caregiver Program, Rural Program, and Federal Skilled Worker Program. The city's immigration rates are related to the strong year of immigration it experienced in 2022. Ontario was the most popular destination for newcomers last year and welcomed 184,725 new permanent residents that year, up by 42.3% compared to the total number of permanent residents coming to Canada in 2022. The authorities explain that if this level of migration continues throughout the year, then it could result in more than 600,000 new permanent residents, exceeding Canada's target of inviting 465,000 new permanent residents by this year. That's all for today. Thank you so much for joining us this week. If you are looking for more information and updates about Canadian immigration, then please subscribe to our My Consultant YouTube channel. You can also visit our website myconsultant.ca where you can find an authorized immigration and citizenship consultant. I am Tina Batra and I'm Tashina Thompson and we'll see you next week.